Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews, author interviews and book reviews. Well, here we are again for a quick five in five episode. I hope you're doing okay. Now, I just stress that these are just very short flashes on the book and the author behind the book. If you want to hear more, if you're intrigued, you can access these books now. They were, I think all of them were published last year if not earlier than that. And there are full interviews with each of these authors as well. Just look back on the episodes. But let's get started. Which books, which authors are we featuring today? Well, we're going to hear from Dan Jones, who's telling us about Essex Dogs. Then we're going to hear from Ruth Ware about The It Girl. And then finally, we're going to hear from Susie Grant about her non-fiction book, Alternative Ageing. So let's get stuck in with Dan Jones now. Dan Jones, whose latest book is Essex Dogs. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much. You have five questions in five minutes if you are ready. The first question. Can you describe your book in less than a minute? Uh, Essex Dogs follows the adventures of a small platoon of 10 ordinary soldiers fighting in the army of Edward III during the early stages of the Hundred Years' War. It sees a war that's best known for the sort of chivalry of the nobility, the knights and the royals from the perspective of ordinary put upon what in World War II but we might call grunts. Uh, there are themes of, um, this is the sort of trigger warning, there are themes of mild substance abuse, <laughs> extreme violence and, uh, and there's loads of swearing. But my mum uh, read the book and was only mildly put off by all, all the swearing so it, it isn't that bad does that about a minute it passes my mum test <laughs> it passes the mum test yeah that's fine okay your next question of all the characters that you included in the book who was your favorite major 
and minor characters to write. The the main character, the main viewpoint character among the Essex Dogs is called Love Day, and he's a sort of uh, slightly over the hill guy who's starting to doubt everything he's ever done, um, but retains in his in his heart a sort of a simple goodness and empathy. And that was a character I enjoyed writing a lot. My favourite of the the sort of the the minor characters by some stretch is the Earl of Northampton, who's a constable of the army and who I've made unbelievably uh, foul-mouthed. He was sort of in some ways originally inspired by a football manager called Neil Warnock, and who used to who used to rant and rave at his players. But he evolved he evolved from Neil Warnock a lot. Uh, but he's also he's he's the kind of only good nobleman really. And he, he, when you first meet him, he feel he's like he's crude, he's foul mouthed, he seems abrasive and aggressive. But because he's so far from the ideal of chivalry, he comes out at the end of the book as 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 just about the only one who's got anything about him. Excellent. Uh, third question: What three things would you like us to feel as we're reading the books? I'll go first. Yeah, I felt intrigued educated and involved i think i would also i want you to feel involved this you're supposed to feel like you're really there i want you to feel empathy with the ordinary people who fight wars and have no choice or or self-determination um but i also want to you to feel uplifted slash entertained i mean mm. it's 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 a it's a caper that has heart and hope within it even if a lot of bad things do happen mm, love that okay your fourth question what food and drink did you consume the most when you were writing this particular book i drink a lot of coffee just anyway and so i mainly drink coffee constantly from sort of half five in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm talking like 12, 14, 16 cups of coffee a day. Um, and okay. as for food, I eat a lot of peppered mackerel. I buy a, a good deal of peppered mackerel. And when, cause I get up quite early and I go to the gym first thing in the gym in the house. And then I, I my body craves, uh, omega, fatty acids and and sort of protein and i find that that mackerel is is an efficient delivery system for that i also eat a lot of crunchy peanut butter out of the jar with a teaspoon which which people people really hate everyone in the family really hates me doing it because now they won't eat that jar of peanut butter but that's why i do it so i've got like spittle traces in the jar and no one else can have it it's mine peppered mackerel that's that's a new one. I haven't had any author ever say that. So that that's a, that's a first. I, I fear I might get gout. That's <laughs> the only problem. Because I, I mean, I don't think I'm a candidate for gout. I do take a lot of physical exercise, but I have heard that if you if you have too much um, something that's in mackerel, it might be one of the fatty acids. It can build up and cause cause the the gout crystals. And so I do I do fear the unintended consequences of my healthy lifestyle okay last question <laughs> what's been the most memorable moment so far in your writing career well one of the inspirations or the thing that tipped me over the edge to do Essex Dogs was when I 
interviewed and then had dinner with George R.R. R. Martin in the summer of 2019. And George is a big, big history buff. He knows a lot of history. And yet he he sort of channeled that into writing these amazing sort of epic fantasy cycles, which are so full of life and vigor and joy and which millions of people around the world have loved. And uh, and it was meeting him and spending a, a sort of afternoon and evening with him that made me think, you know what? There's a level we can take all the historical work I've done so far up to if if I've got the balls to step into this world. That's amazing. And that's what Essence Dogs is really all about. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's left me speechless, which very rarely happens. <laughs> that's how I felt. <laughs> I love that inspiration for a book and the fact that you were sort of sit down. He's and... great. And hear him because, as you say, just hearing him talk about the the, the background to the books, the knowledge and the the backstory and the setting is incredible. So uh, I'm not so jealous of the peppered mackerel, but I am very jealous of, of that. <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Yeah, we'll leave it there. But Dan Jones, whose latest book is Essex Dogs. Thank you so very much. My pleasure. Excellent stuff. And let's go on to Ruth Ware, because her book is called The It Girl, and she answers the five questions. Ruth Ware, whose latest book is The It Girl, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, you have your five questions in five minutes, if you are ready. The first one is is an easy one to let you in, hopefully. Can you describe your book for us, the sort of elevator pitch, in less than a minute? Hannah is living an idyllic life in Edinburgh with her husband, Will, when the man she convicted of murder 10 years ago dies in prison. He was convicted of the murder of her college roommate, but she's never been completely happy with the conviction. And now back in the present day, she is forced to face up to some unanswered questions and ask herself whether the wrong man was convicted. Was that under a minute? I felt big pressure doing that. Oh, definitely. Sorry, there's no, you're not timed. I thought there was going to be a big bell. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm not that mean. (laughs) The next question, which was your favourite major and favourite minor character in this book? Feels a bit mean uh, picking out one. I think favourite minor would probably have to be Ryan. He's just quite an interesting (laughs) character. He doesn't get much screen time, but he has has a really interesting backstory. He's like a communist. He's at university. He's really funny. He's really feisty. And then he suffered a stroke, a pretty severe one in his 20s. So in the present day, he's recovering from that. He's in a wheelchair, undergoing physiotherapy. And I kind of, he was one of the characters that I would have been really happy to spend a bit more time on. But yeah, he doesn't get a huge amount of of, of the script. And then I don't know, main characters is really hard because I love, I guess it would be a choice between Hannah, Will and April, who are the three sort of characters we see the most of. I maybe would have to say Will just because there's not, you don't see the action ever from his point of view. But I felt as I got towards the end of the book that I didn't know him particularly well. And so I wrote a scene from his point of view, not with the intention of including it in the novel, but just for me. And it turned out really amazingly. And I just fell in love with him, with like the world from his point of view. Great. I like that. We won't tell the other characters that they weren't your favourite. Don't worry. No, please don't. (laughs) I'd feel bad for them. The next question. What three things do you want us to feel when we're reading? I'll go first with mine, so I'm not throwing you in it. First of all, I felt refreshed because it was a really different story to a lot of them out there. And I I love that. I was concerned about what was what would happen 
with the characters and then I felt rewarded at the end and how it all worked out what would you change those or what would you say oh those are really good ones I guess yeah I want people to feel scared for Hannah I want them to feel her burning sense of injustice over the idea that the justice system has failed someone and her desire to put it right I guess I mainly though I just want people to feel invested in the outcome that's my aim with all of my books really I think if people care about what happens to the characters and they feel invested in finding out the truth about the situation they're going to keep turning pages and for me as a reader the ultimate thing that I do not ever want to feel is like I don't care about these people Mm. so that would probably be my number one yeah that makes sense the next question I don't know how often you've been asked this particular one but what food and drink were you consuming the most when you wrote this particular book what was fueling the words? Mm, well, drink always coffee. I'm a massive coffee drinker. And I'm a coffee snob as well, which is not something I like about myself. But unfortunately, I'm getting more and more picky about my coffee. So I have particular decaf roast beans and particular caffeinated ones. And I I tweak between them throughout the day according to how caffeinated I feel I need to be. Eating is a tougher one. Probably cheese, just because that's like my go-to lunch when I don't have any idea for anything else. I'm like, right, I'll have cheese on toast. But yeah, I couldn't honestly say for that one. Eating as you're typing or do you physically take a break? I try to take a proper lunch Uh, break and and just because I think it's much better for your body to kind of get up and stand away from your desk. But if if the writing's going really well or conversely, if it's going so badly that I cannot afford to stop, I will sometimes write through lunch lunch and sort of emerge blinking at three o'clock as the kids come home being like oh my goodness (laughs) yes where did the day go your last question what's been the most memorable moment so far in your writing career oh so many to choose from but I think a particular highlight would have to be getting the call from America that in a dot dot weird had got onto the New York Times bestseller list which was something I would never it even have dreamed of putting out there as like you know my wildest ambition it was something I'd never expected and I was it was really late at night just because of the time difference mm. and when the bestseller list come out over there so my husband was asleep my kids were much smaller at the time so they were in bed asleep and my phone rang which was really unusual at that time of night and yeah it was my editor saying the books on the New York Times bestseller list which was really amazing that is a wonderful memory, yes. Yeah. So you don't mind late calls when they're like that, really. Yeah, I was dancing around the living room, but really quietly trying not to wake anybody up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Ruth Ware, whose latest book is The It Girl, thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Well, now we go to the final one today, which is Susie Grant talking about her non-fiction book called Alternative Ageing. And I'm smiling as I say this because I always smile when I think about Susie. She is a legend. But anyway, let's hear from Susie Grant now. So Susie Grant, whose book is Alternative Ageing, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Now we have your five questions in five minutes, if you are ready. Your first question Can you describe your book in less than a minute? I'll do my best, yes. It's like talking to camera Um, (laughs) and having somebody shouting at you. I'm not shouting. I'm not shouting. You can shout. (laughs) 
How would I describe my book in a minute? Well, I think I'd start by saying there's no alternative to ageing other than death. This is all about positive ageing and doing the very best you can for your body, your mind and your spirit. It's not all about eat this, don't eat that, eat the other. It's about helping people get to optimum health especially women over 50 who might be having problems with their hormones, especially for women even older who think that they can't do anything lifestyle-wise to get fitter, to get more mental clarity. It's basically head-to-toe. I go through each part of the body head-to-toe and I hope it will help everyone. Even if it's just a little nugget, there will be something for everyone in that book. Oh, there's more than a little nugget. There are multiple multiple nuggets it's uh, glorious the next question what three things do you want us to take away from this book i'll go first with mine i felt inspired i felt educated and i felt sort of refocused it made me sort of rethink how i was going about things and try again i love that can i just ask you what has been the single most useful thing i'm throwing it back to you before i say anything else i've got to say that overall it's just about you know if if you're still alive that's positive you know what's the alternative yes. and so let's we you know we want to be as fit and as healthy and yes i do lots of exercise but i completely fail on the eating sensibly and perhaps drinking sensibly so it's just about changing my perspective on things actually you know let's celebrate staying alive and and what the future holds let's be positive about oh I love that I think the single most important thing that you will love is it's all about encouraging people to live the best the very best life they can and it's not about anti-aging. When I was asked to update the book, I then had to make Penguin take out every single reference to anti-aging because when I first wrote it, anti-aging was a thing. Well, it's not a thing anymore. We're anti-war, we're anti-poverty, we're anti an awful lot of things. Why on earth are we anti-aging? It is such a privilege for me to be at this age on no medication healthy and fit if a little tired and that's what I want everyone to take out of this book because at the beginning you've got this wonderful Helen Mirren quote as well you only have two options in life die young or get old there is nothing else I think yeah absolutely absolutely agree right now let's go on to the subject of books and how you arrange your books so my next question for you is do you arrange books alphabetically or by colour? I'm afraid I arrange them by colour. Yeah. Because I'm obsessed with Yes, thank you for joining me. I was so thrilled to hear that you do as well. And they look beautiful behind you. Thank you. And it was partly uh, I do lots of videos, so I want them to look pretty. But it's also a style thing. You know that I'm really into style, not fashion. Style is completely different to fashion. Um, and I want my books to look pretty. And I have to say, I can find a book just as quickly that way. Don't you agree? They don't yes, have to be alphabetically thank you. arranged. 
Absolutely. People always say, oh, I can't do it by colour because I won't find a book. I can find a book just as quick. I know exactly where it will be. Absolutely. And the other thing I do is I have fiction on one shelf and non-fiction on another. And then it takes me two, five minutes maybe. But that's quite an enjoyable process, isn't it? Because it's like going through a wardrobe of clothes. Yeah. You suddenly <laughs> find an old friend and go, oh, oh, I'd quite like to read that again. Now, the next question is one that I think you might give a slightly different answer to a lot of authors that I interview. What food and drink did you consume the most when you were writing this book? Not at all. I was as bad as any author. No, in fact, I think I wrote about it in my middle book, which is all about weight loss and my least favourite book. Um, But I think I owned up to the fact that I drank far too much coffee, I forgot to drink water, and I was ordering takeaway curries all the time. So no, I am that person as well. I think by the time I got to the second version of, of Alternative Ageing, the one that's out now, I was I was walking the walk and talking the talk. But yes, I have had... I still do. If I've got a really big job to do that involves a lot of writing, a lot of brain work, a lot of editing, and I'm running out of time, which I really resent at this age, so I try not to do it, I will be the first person to admit that I had a few drinks that night and it ruined my sleep because I was so stressed. So let's be human. We're human beings, not human doings. I like that very much. Your final question. What's been the most memorable moment as a as an influencer? What what really stands out of all the oh, many? Oh gosh, golly gosh, there are so many. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking hard. Can you think of anything? You've watched my videos. I can't think of anything. Oh, I don't know. Everything you do, I think, is I w- would be memorable. You you know, you're out to the Ivy. You're a fashion yes. show. Yes. No, festival I suppose. I suppose it is. I think the first time, I I, I think it was Revolution Makeup, um, and it was my first very well paid job to be included, it was when we started getting far more PC with our advertising. So I was the, the only thing I don't like is it's still only one. So there was one older woman, that was me. There was one person of colour. There was one person with a disability. You know, it is so, it is getting so much better. I was so proud to be part of that campaign. And it's getting better all the time. That was about... Ooh, five years ago. So yes, that that's got to be one of my highlights because it was such a privilege to be asked to appear, you know, for something that's usually branded by size ten models who are white and with the most beautiful skin. They chose to have somebody who was in her late sixties showing makeup and lipstick with the rest of them. So yes, great pride whenever I'm asked to do something like that. Money or no money, it is absolutely thrilling because that's what it's all about. We, I hate ageism and mm-hmm. I will get very angry um, if I have walked into a casting and said, who wrote the old woman got up from the table and put her spectacles on? Because if you think I'm an old woman, you know, I literally do that. I never get those jobs. 
Michaels. No, but it's good for you. It's disgusting. It was written, he owned up, it was written by like a 19-year-old boy. So, of course, everyone my age is an old woman, but they don't do it to men, do they? No. You know. And until you say something, until they they learn, they'll just carry on. So, yes, yes, good for you. Yeah, so I think my real pride would be when it's something that fights ageism, I have to say that. Absolutely. You are a warrior and we love you. So Susie Grant, whose book is Alternative Ageing, thank you so very much. And thank you. And I'm sorry if I rambled for more than five minutes. (laughs) You've been a star. And those are your quick five in five interviews. We've had them with Susie Grant about her nonfiction book, Alternative Aging. Then we've heard from Ruth Ware about her book, The It Girl. And finally, Dan Jones talking about the Essex dogs. Those are your three books. This episode seems to be getting longer and longer, which is not what I wanted, but still we'll keep it under 30 minutes, which is important. I'll be back on Monday with my usual twaddle and I can't wait to speak to you then. Do join me. In the meantime, just look after yourselves. And I'll talk to you very soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.